How you living? How you doing? How you feeling? It is the L-E-F-K-O-E man and his A-P-A-R-T-M-E-N-T. Yeah. Hope you guys are great. Uh, man, NFL is going crazy and I got two guys with me. Connor Rogers, say what's good. What's going on, guys? Yes. And are you still in your kitchen based on the other videos I've seen for Stick to Football? I am in my bedroom, which is a converted office during this time. Nice. And of course, Mr. David Ingber. Where are we, Mr. Ingber? Uh, I am actually in my wife and my bedroom. Uh, you can see some sort of like frilly makeups and mirrors over my shoulder, and that is totally fine with me. Nice. Uh, yeah, what you don't see in my shot is tons of shoe boxes and... Um, coffee table books propping up my microphone and behind me I've added a Dr. J the Chronic uh, album vinyl just to I'm going to add stuff every episode I think so you're like really hunkered in this is like you making a home for yourself in this new uh, this new world oh dude yes we took I took a walk this morning uh, because I believe I saw some reports that the mayor and the governor of New York are fighting about whether or not to lock us into our homes. Yes. And so I tried to get my last, and I walked around in a mask, and it was interesting. Connor Rogers, you live in New Jersey, right? Yeah, so I'm in Hoboken, which was actually the first city to do the curfew right here. And uh, people were, like, freaking out. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, it hasn't really changed a lot. We're not locked into our homes. All essential businesses are open, which, fun fact, liquor stores are an essential business in Hoboken, New Jersey. (laughs) That tracks during times of great stress. Yes, it does. So it hasn't been... It's been okay so far. Nobody's locked in, uh, and people don't listen. So, you know, people pack the bars and restaurants all weekend, and the mayor had to close them, unfortunately. I thought of everybody Connor would do the best because of meal prep uh, and his ability to follow strict routines. I feel like Connor's like, this is a great three, four weeks to get shredded. I'm not going to lie. There are positives with this or you have to look at the positives because of how stressful it is. And I'm good at self-isolating at times. So it's besides the struggle of like, when do I go get groceries? Because I hate being around people, even when there's not a pandemic. Um, That's the only hard part right now. All right. I am the one thing I will say about this. Thank the Lord for NFL free agency to completely take my mind off the fact that I've been inside for like five days in a row because the last two, three days have been incredible. It feels like two years ago that David Johnson was traded for DeAndre Hopkins. It feels like one year ago that Stefan Diggs went to the Buffalo frickin' Bills because What happened yesterday was a minute-by-minute, seemingly brain-arresting following of Tom Brady officially, not officially, but seemingly officially, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm so happy that I have both of you guys with me. I am wearing my Reggie White Eagles sweater, um, but I know that... David Ingber must have 14 Tom Brady jerseys and Connor Rogers has been haunted by Tom Brady damn near his entire life. But first off, I would like to hear from David Ingber. It seems as though Tom Brady is officially leaving the Patriots. And as a Patriots fan, I just, I need a status update. How are you? 
I'm doing okay. It's the combination of things. I'm now just saying goodbye to all my favorite people. I say goodbye to Al Horford. I say goodbye to Mookie Betts. I say mm-hmm. goodbye to Tom Brady. This is now the new normal. We had a nice 20-year run as a Boston fan. And you know what? It's good to be back to being the lovable losers that we were when I was in my teens. It's uh, All the good players are going to come here for a few years, not win a title, and then go somewhere else and win it. They're going to Ray Bork us for the rest of time. And you know what? This 20, These last 20 years were worth it. I'm okay with it. And you know what? I'm going to totally change my mentality. I'm not going to be talking trash in the office anymore. I'm just going to be that bummer guy. I'm basically a Lions fan now, but forever. We have a mutual friend, uh, Ingmar, Matt Waxman, who officially declared that he's now done rooting for football. He said that um, when like Poppy left, he got done with the Red Sox. And then this is his clean break. What? Now, I'm just going to say this. That's very wacky. After the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Connor, because unfortunately, you're the only one here that hasn't won a Super Bowl in your 100%. What's up? No, I said, I, yeah, I don't know what that feeling is like. Okay, so my, my one awesome. friend hit me up and said, now that the Eagles have won the Super Bowl, if we want, we can do a clean break and never stress ourselves again and never root again. We have eventually rooted against that. But I, I'm just saying that there are some people out there with the passing of Tom Brady to another team that are going, I'm officially done now. That's crazy to me. I, I, I think I've always said it with the Mets for myself that I would still watch and, and – you know, be invested in the team, but I wouldn't have the stress of like, oh my God, we missed the playoffs by two games. Or like, oh my God, we didn't win the World Series this year. We're never going to have another chance because in baseball, you lose your free agents so often, especially if you're not, you know, like the Yankees or someone like that. But with football, there would never be a clean break. That's like, to me, that's absolutely insane. I feel like it's, if you care, you care. I mean, Engbert, Patriots fans, at least the ones I know, were like furious furious whenever they lost the Super Bowl, even after the first couple. That is true. Um, the disease of wanting more is, uh, yes. is a very infectious thing. But the, f- the fact is, I can't really speak to that anymore because I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, so I don't know what to tell you. And oh, I have been for it. as long as I can remember. I don't know what to tell you. Like, look, I can't really speak to the heart of Patriots fans. If I were a Patriots fan now, I'd be able to tell you, but I'm, I'm just not. I'm a Bucks guy. What if they for- sign AB? <laughs> oh, God, then I'm back out. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm I just a Patriots make sure. fan forever. That is, the to me, the weirdest part of the Brady story is this incessant need to continue to bring up Antonio Brown as somebody that he actively wants. Now, I mean, look, this is a guy that for the for 16 games let, or 15-plus playoffs looked around at his wide receiving core and went, what the hell, and then looks at that one Miami Dolphins game and went, man, that's what I could have done with Antonio Brown. But this constant need to keep involving him is is very surprising to me, and it really qu- makes me question everything right now. Uh, me too, and you're going to a situation where you have Mike Evans, who if you look at the stats with Jameis, he's on like a historic start to his career for a wide receiver. Chris Godwin, who has been unbelievable. I, Lefko, I do agree with you that I don't know why we consider O.J. Howard this big weapon when he's like going that there. That, yeah, I mean, come on. Like, O.J. Howard has been a complete disappointment since he's been drafted. There's you know no who O.J. Howard is going to be? He's going to be Eric Ebron. I knew you were going to go there, and I agree. Where, like, the first four or five years of his career, we go, maybe this is it, maybe this is it, maybe this is it, and I think he just needs to go somewhere else. What's very funny to me is both of them got famous in college off of one long catch. Ebron uh, was when he had that long play against Miami, and yes. uh, O.J. Howard was in the national championship game. Yeah, and also, tight end production is so scheme-based. Remember... Right. um Gary Barnage, when he was with Kyle Shanahan for one, one year? One year in Cleveland, was a pro bowler. 
Yes, I think he had, he probably had 1,000 yards. It was like his eighth or ninth year in the league. And it was like, this guy's been like a second or third tight end his entire career. It's so scheme-based, and Bruce Arians doesn't really, we'll see if he changes with Tom. But he hasn't been really, you know, uh, focused on the tight end. You're telling me you've watched the Buccaneers the last few years, and I can already tell you that Cameron Brait is going to be yep. Tom Brady's favorite receiver, not O.J. Howard. I'll Without tell you, Tom Brady can make a lot out of a, a mediocre tight end. He's gotten some good numbers out of guys. I mean, he's had Gronk his, most of his career, but there have been some guys that have passed through there where you're like, wait, Michael Humanawanui just had 87 yes. yards on nine catches? How'd that just happen? You know what? Speaking of names that I love to hear, there is one name that I need to hear from. Um, And I, uh, you know, Ingber, I don't know if he's he's there in the other Uh room. If you could get him, is Pat Pat available? Uh, Yes, I'm really curious what Pat Pat thinks of this whole Tom Brady to Tampa. Hey, Pat, Pat, you there? All right, come on over. He wants to join the podcast. All right, oh nice, cool. All right, he's coming. Okay, cool. What up, left go? Oh, Pat, Pat, how you there doing? He is. Are you okay, Pat, Pat? No, I'm not. I, uh, I've i been stuck inside just reading ESPN.com and Bleacher Report apps all day. They're giving me the alerts. They're telling me that Tom Brady's leaving New England. That's when I thought my internet was wrong. I thought that I was still in a dream. I thought I was an awakened nightmare. Turns out the guy's going down to Florida, but not to retire. I don't understand what's going on, Lefko. Make me feel better. Well, it, it sounds like there was a big fight between Robert Kraft and Belichick and Belichick won. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Patriots fans that are almost blaming Belichick. Where do you stand on this, Pat? Is it coming down to money? Because he should have seen my Kickstarter, right? I got about 97 guys over in Chelmsford to donate 100 bucks a piece. And that's a lot of money for us. You know, we're working construction every day. We raised a bunch of money for him. That shouldn't be an issue. Um, yeah, apparently, he's getting paid $30 million. Could you guys have put a debt in that? You know what? Over the course of the next 20 years, I bet we could. We're just going to have fundraiser after fundraiser because if anyone deserves a fundraiser, it's Tom Brady. So Tom Brady has kind of been your guy's saint for the last few years. I'm curious who now is going to be the face of the Patriots. We're looking forward to a three-headed monster of Jarrett Stidham, Mohamed Sanu Sr., and Julian Edelman. They're going to run a Taysom Hill offense, but on steroids. It's going to be insane, dude. Matt Nagy is going to come over and start writing up some crazy plays for Josh McDaniel. Very nice. And then I guess finally, do you have any uh, final wishes uh, that you'd like to send to Tom Brady as he ventures forth into uh, Tampa Bay? Tommy, I wish you nothing but the best. You've brought us six Super Bowls. It really should have been eight. I don't count the Philly one, but both of the ones over the Giants should have been ours. I respect everything you did on the field. I think you're a good guy. I think you're a good father. I really enjoyed your documentary. And uh, you know what? In the words of Tom Brady on every single commercial sideline thing that he's ever had, let's go! Thank you, Pat. Pat, if you could put uh, Ingber on, it was great talking to you, man. All right, Pat, you can you can head out. All right, yeah, just grab some Oreos on the way out. You're good. All right, thanks, dude. Nice. He's going right out to the grocery store. That dude just like does not believe in social distancing. Oh, I love it. All right, uh, and then Mr. Connor Rogers, how does it feel to not have Tom Brady in your division for the first time in like three quarters of your life? I think it won't sink in until the Jets are playing the Patriots and it's like, oh, wow, like we don't have to worry about Brady. I still think Belichick is going to find a way to get some quarterback on a cheap deal and they're going to be competing again. I also have just been really disappointed in the lack of improvement with the Jets so far where you look at what Josh Allen is working with in Buffalo right Right. now. It's like he's got three good wide receivers. He's got he's got a great offensive line. Uh, They have a great defense. You look at Miami. You know, I haven't loved every signing, but I've liked a, a decent amount of them, and I know they have a plan in place to get a quarterback. And then you look at the Jets, and it's like, man, this is the year 
before Bill finds a way to start building yep. this thing back up again to to take one with Sam because I think Sam is really good. I, I really do. I just think the coach is not. The offensive line is still not good, and it's just it's honestly a little frustrating to be honest with you. Um, I'll I'll let you guys know. So I went uh, and I had dinner like a week or two ago with Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay, huge Jets fan. Oh yeah, obviously he wants to own the team. And he looked at me and he goes, "You know, Tom Brady's not coming back." And I was like, "Oh, okay, I believe you." Um, but I I can tell that Jets Jets fans believe now is the time. And I don't know if yeah. there's been a free agency that's been more lackluster from a team that had the money and needed it than the Jets. The Bills have gone out there and completely changed the look of their defensive front, going with Quentin Jefferson and Vernon Butler and dropping about $20, $30 million in salary by letting Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips go. And yep. you're going to hear it here first. I don't think that they're taking a huge step back, even though they're giving rid of $20 million. Um, also, they go out there and they get digs. And now, look, we're going to learn what Josh Allen is next year. You got digs, you got Cole Beasley, and you have John Brown. And I thought that Josh Allen took a huge step last year, work in the middle of the field with Beasley and Brown. And now you add, in my mind, a top three route runner in Stefan oh, yeah. Diggs right up there with Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams, that if Josh Allen can hit those slants and hit the occasional deep ball, and we know that he's got a monster now at tight end, we're going to see something out of the Bills this year. They were already right there with the Patriots last year. And then I look at the Dolphins, and like you said, Connor, I see a legitimate process. I see three really good cornerbacks. I see a defensive line that's added a lot of size up front. And we'll, look, man, if they get a quarterback, they're building it the right way. But the Jets right now, the fact that one of your biggest signings was George Fant, who at his best is a poor man's Ty Naseki. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. He's a guy that can play both tackle positions but doesn't really do any of them well. I just – look, man, Joe Douglas has signed for, what, five more years? It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think with the Fant signing, my problem with it is you pay him money to probably start at either left or right tackle when I would have liked it if he was the swing tackle because you watch the film of him right. when Seattle used him as the sixth offensive lineman. He, he tested similar, similarly to Tristan Wirfs, and we just saw how good Wirfs' combine was. Fan, I mean, former basketball player, yada, yada, all that bullshit. Yep. Phenomenal athlete. If he's your sixth offensive lineman in his own blocking scheme, he could do a lot of different things to get places. If you want him to start at a tackle spot to protect Sam Darnold, you've made a poor investment. So I'm going to be patient. I'm going to see what they do. I would like to see them be aggressive and try to trade for Trent Williams. I'd yes. still like to see them take a tackle in the draft at 11 to pair with what they've done on the interior. But you're without a doubt, Lepko, it's concerning. Robbie Anderson is still out there. Exactly. I mean, Robbie's still th unsigned. Yeah. And I look at a guy that was taking two picks in front of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. And what have they done? They got him Jack Conklin and they got him Austin Hooper. Two guys that can yeah. give him more time. Austin Hooper's going to be another weapon. We heard this from Warren Sharp on our podcast the entire year. The Browns offense fell apart when David and Joku got hurt against the Jets because they are trying to run heavy sets, two tight ends. Well, now you have Njoku and Hooper, and they go out there. They just traded for Andy Janovich, right? The fullback from the Broncos. Yep. So they are loading up to get heavy packages for Baker Mayfield. All you can do right now as a GM, which is what Andrew Barry is doing for Baker Mayfield, is what we're asking Joe Douglas to do for Sam Darnold, is to get this guy help. 
Okay. Josh Allen just got Stefan Diggs. This is all guys in the same draft. Baker Mayfield just got Austin Hooper, Jack Conklin, and Andy Janovich. Lamar Jackson, like, has they did it for him all last year. Yeah. Other than Josh Rosen, which we don't know what he's doing right now, the only other guy that's in that draft class that needs help is Sam Dartled, and he's not getting it. And he's we not getting get it. it. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are sitting there and saying, well, Joe Douglas comes from the Baltimore system where you're patient and this and that. The Jets can't afford that right now. Your quarterback's 22. He's been battered. The head coach has not built a scheme around him that has worked at all. He hasn't played to his strengths or tailored to his strengths at all. Uh, they can't afford to do that. So, you know, they better bring, bra- bring, uh, bring back Robbie Anderson because if you go into the season with no wide receivers, a patchy offensive line again, and really no help for Le'Veon Bell to get any space – I just don't understand really what they're doing. And you make a great point about the Browns. I mean, Stefanski, their head coach, just spent a year with Gary Kubiak, who knows how to dial up a run game as good as Kyle Shanahan. I mean, that's where, you know, the Shanahans and the Kubiaks obviously cross paths from. So you look at it, and it's just the contrast is insane between Buffalo, Cleveland, and Baltimore uh, compared to the Jets at this moment. All right, to all the homies listening in, uh, our technology may have cut out. So I'm going to repeat things. If you've already heard it, I apologize. But we were just talking about the Jets and their lack of doing anything in the wake of Tom Brady leaving and really seemed like this is the time for the Jets. Connor was just talking about how they haven't even signed Robbie Anderson yet. For me, it's crazy when you compare it to what the rest of the AFC East is doing to load up with the Patriots. The Buffalo Bills have completely changed the face of their D-line by saving a lot of money. Uh, Not only that, they go out and get Stephon Diggs, a top three route runner in the NFL. And we saw the jump in Josh Allen last year with Cole Beasley and John Brown. And now you add Stephon Diggs. We're going to learn a lot about Josh Allen, but they're giving him the tools. The Miami Dolphins loading up right now. Defense of line, uh, big-time weapons at cornerback, but also the second-year quarterback teams. The Ravens did their damage already with Lamar Jackson. You see the Cleveland Browns, Andrew Barry helping out his second-year quarterback, Baker Mayfield, Austin Hooper, Jack Conklin, giving him time in the pocket, trading for Andy Janovich, the fullback, letting them do heavy formations. With Warren Sharp, he told us last year, that's all the Browns wanted to do. When Njoku got hurt, they were hamstringed, had to run a lot of 11. But you see the second-year quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, getting help, Connor Rogers. We're just not seeing help for Sam Darnold right now. That's a little bit scary as a Jets fan. We're not left going. We talk about the George Fant signing. I mean, he's somebody that you want as a swing tackle, and you're paying him starter money, whether that's on the left side or the right side. The Connor McGovern signing is a good signing. He's one of the more reliable pass-blocking centers, I think, that they could have gotten. So that's a really good signing. But there's still questions at guard. There's still significant questions at tackle. Like I said, Robbie Anderson has not been re-signed. So are you going into next season, which is Jamison Crowder and draft picks? That's a lot, you know, a lot of risk there. And once again, you need to create more space for Le'Veon Bell. So for Sam Darnold, I mean, you go back to it. You look at what the Browns did. You hire Kevin Stefanski, who... Whether you think the hire is a good one or not, he just learned from Gary Kubiak for a year how to develop a run game. They have the pieces to do that now, and they probably still take a tackle at 10. So they'll have a new left tackle who will be a very good player from the 10th overall pick. And then you have Jack Conklin on the right side. They have pieces on the interior. You have Nick Chubb. You have a ton of pass catchers, whether it's at wide receiver or tight end. We went through how good the Bills' offense can be. 
uh, depending on the steps Josh Allen takes. Sam Darnold doesn't have those opportunities right now. Now, there's still some offseason left. Can you go swing a deal? The Redskins want a second-round pick for Trent Williams. Can you get them down to a three mm. and another kind of piece? Because you're going to have to pay him about 18 to $20 million a year. But Trent Williams would be a, a significant, significant piece for the Jets. Huge. If they can get someone like that, especially when he's healthy. I mean, he is an elite player at the position. You have the 11th overall pick. Whether you're going to use that on an offensive lineman or if they're all gone, you're going to take a look at C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. So there's still opportunity for the Jets to make plays here. But the bottom line is, in wave one of free agency, they did miss a lot of chances to improve the pieces around Sam Darnold. Um, I want to add a few more notes on Tom Brady. So one, I think that I definitely thought in the morning that it was going to be the Chargers. I just kind of saw Tom Brady doing the LeBron James. Moving out west to L.A., I envisioned him sitting courtside at Staples when the NBA gets back in July and dapping up LeBron and getting the big photo op, you know, with the production company just started out there. And also the notion that, you know, Giselle, I thought, would rather be in LA because I don't really see Tom Brady sitting rinkside at the lightning. I don't really see Tom Brady getting pumped up to go to the Rays. No one does. Uh, But I was wrong. I also thought that he would look at the weapons there at Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler um, and, and see a team that I thought challenged the Patriots. They almost beat them two years ago, and then the Patriots handled them in the playoffs. I just kind of thought he would see them as a more viable playoff team. But at the same point, you're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. You're still in the same conference as Deshaun Watson. You're still in the same conference as the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's fair to say that the NFC is a weaker conference right now. Um, but then I thought of Tampa Bay and I went, number one, oh, the marketing money is going to be crazy. Tampa Bay. TB. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays hats just say TB on them. You throw a little 12 in the corner and Tom Brady can take over a city. Uh, That was my first thought. And then I thought about Bruce Arians. And I thought about how this guy, you know, in, in the last 20 years, not including Russell Wilson, the Federer, uh, Nadal Djokovic has been Brady Manning, Big Ben. And the fact that Bruce Arians will have coached all three of those guys, you throw in an Andrew Luck, you throw in a Carson Palmer. I mean, and the fact that in my mind, he was an assistant for Bear Bryant at Alabama, and he's also the one leading the charge right now in, in making sure that minorities are being hired and women. Yep. He has an offensive and a defensive coordinator that are African-American and has women on his staff and in the front office. Like Bruce Arians is could go down as one of the most influential football coaches ever. And the stories that he's going to be able to tell and the books that he's going to be able to write, there's no one else that I could get up on a podium in front of thousands of people and go, what was it like coaching Brady? What was it like coaching Manning? What was it like coaching Big Ben? He's the only one. And so I think Bruce Arians' spot in history goes up. And I think everyone's obsessed with Bruce Arians' vertical attack because he did it with Luck and he did it with Manning early on. And he did it with Big Ben for sure. Palmer. But if you're telling me a guy that's gone from Bear Bryant to Big Ben to Manning and has been and is known as the quarterback whisperer, isn't going to find a way to to make an offense around Tom Brady. Every interview I've seen with with Bruce Arians, it's him saying, I like to do what my quarterback likes. 
I think that that has to be the allure for Tom Brady. And I am not afraid of, of Bruce Arians vertical attack. Cause I think he can, he crafts something to it. He just needs to make sure that OJ Howard and Ronald Jones catch the ball because they have talent. But I, I see Tom Brady throwing an OJ Howard one time across the middle in the first quarter, he drops it and he never throws at it again. That's just how I see. But Connor, do you see it like I see it where I think Bruce Arians is known for one style, but because he's such a football historian is going to completely change for Tom? Absolutely. I mean, I think when you look at it, you know, it's not that he's going to change for Tom. It's just that he doesn't absolutely need one style. He's the coach that you just said, Lefko, where he's, you know, progressive. He's influential. And I think uh, something that we brought up on Stick to Football a couple episodes ago was that you know, he's made plays for Drew Brees in the past, who's not exactly always just firing right. it down the field all the time. So with Bruce, yes, we love to talk about the vertical attack. We love to talk about working with Big Ben, Palmer, all these guys that could push the ball down the field. Number one, I think there are times that Brady can still do that. I really, really do. But I think he can change with the quarterback as good as anyone and I think we're going to see that this year in Tampa and I'm sure the conversations had already begun with him and Tom as they were trying to influence Brady to come down and play in Tampa so I'm I'm actually excited about this fit because I love Bruce Arians I'm curious to see Tom Brady work with a different coach especially a guy like Bruce who is so quarterback centric you know Bill wasn't necessarily always that guy with the background he had now he was like that with Tom which was a little different but Bruce is just the quarterback guy like you said the quarterback whisperer so right and we even heard rumors that they were exploring Teddy Bridgewater so it showed that their backup plans besides Brady were not in the Jameis route we're not no. in the let's just spray the ball down the field the route you know after the 30 interception season they were looking to go a different direction where they can take care of the football I think Bruce believes in Todd Bowles as much as any Anyone that that defense can at least be a middle of the pack, keep you in the game defense. Where if the yeah, they're trying to run it back. Enough, I mean, you're bringing back JPP and you're bringing yeah. back Shaquille Barrett on a franchise tag. They think they can do it again, which yeah. scares yeah. me because you know firsthand, Connor, Todd Bowles' defenses do a lot better in the first year than the second. They do, and I think it's interesting when you look at the secondary because you're betting on a lot of pieces that they took in the draft last year. I think right. they took three defensive backs within a three round stretch. You're, you're betting on those guys to develop. Now, I've seen Todd develop a lot of different defensive backs in his day, not even just the Arizona group he had, which was phenomenal, but you go back to drafting Jamal Adams, Marcus May. You know, Even when they brought in Buster Screen, he was a productive slot player. Yes, he so, was. Uh, Todd can develop these guys at it's in the secondary, but you're still betting on young players. So it's going to be very interesting. You're putting a lot of pressure on them in that scheme when you're dialing up pressure. It's gonna be it's gonna be very very interesting to see how that defense holds up and if it's gonna go back to where Tom is being asked to constantly counter drive over and yeah. over again when the defense lets up points. But this is an offense and a coach quarterback combo that Bucks fans should be very excited about. Uh, I also want to say on all those graphics people are putting up of these primetime players, we love to do this. We do this with the Browns when they got Odell. Look at all the weapons for Baker. I would like to replace O.J. Howard and Ronald Jones with Cameron Brait and Dari Agunbowale. I just feel like when I watched them last year, those were the two guys in the red zone that got it done. 
I think there's this hope that Tom is going to elevate OJ to the player that we've always wanted him to be. Now, you have to be careful when you're hoping with those kind of things. And you also have to be careful. We know Brady loves tight ends, but Bruce Arians traditionally does not use tight ends a lot. So it's going to be an interesting balance. I think more importantly, Lefko, something that's not being talked about that the Bucs do need to check off their list, and we got to bring up AB, but they need a slot receiver right now. That's important to Tom Brady. Yes. You're right. I think that Chris Godwin has shown that he can attack a slot. Oh, without But a doubt. I think they need one guy to kind of play that underneath role. But maybe, look, maybe Tom goes there and goes, look, I want OJ and Cameron Braid on the field at the same time. Maybe. And I think the fact that he gets to work with Byron Lefwich, who he battled against, like they're going to be able to, to call back on so many things, but he's going to have to learn the schemes. few things that I'm thinking, some conspiracy theories, some things that I'm actually worried about with Tom Brady. Number one, um, I... I genuinely thought for about six hours yesterday that Tom Brady was testing these teams to see who's going to leak things. There has been no team that I think leaks more than the Tampa Bay Bucks. I believe that Jason Light is a GM that tries to win in the media. Oh, we yeah. had that whole story last year where maybe he was running these fake Twitter accounts to justify Jameis. Um, I definitely think that Jason Light called Tom Brady and said, bro, I got you. You want to know how much power I have? I have now hired and fired two or three different coaches. My top pick in the draft flamed out, and I'm still here with more power. Like Jason Light and Bill O'Brien are still using, hey, I used to work for the Patriots to their advantage five years later and it's freaking crazy to me number two i think that he was to go back to number one i think he was testing these teams and i definitely think that tom brady in my mind is a little upset that the news is coming out like this i really think that tom brady was sitting back there with a production team was getting ready to drop a video drop a documentary put all these things together and i definitely thought that he was testing these teams to see who is going to leak this to the media first and I thought, ooh, the Chargers are passing the test and the Bucks are failing. And then now it's just coming out that there's still a little bit more details. But I thought he was testing. But Brady needs to realize he's coming from a team where nothing got out to a team where everything gets out. Like the Tampa Bay Bucks get leaks all the time. And then the other thing that I was thinking about where I'm worried about Brady, Connor, is you know where – Older quarterbacks always fail in August and September because of the humidity. Tampa Bay. Like how many times do we see Drew Brees go to Tampa Bay and not look right? Or the Eagles go to Tampa Bay and Tampa, like Daniel Jones was able to win in Tampa Bay because he was the athletic running guy. And guys just get tired. And I'm just thinking about Tom Brady sweating it out the first month or two of the season and looking real rough. Am I crazy for thinking that? It's an interesting point. you got to bring it up. Let's be real, Lefko. Brady has not looked perfect over the last year, no matter where he is. So I think there's going to be questions of rust. There's going to be questions of, is this an overpaid or overrated player right now? Now, in terms of the Bucks, I fully get behind the signing because look at your options. He was one of the right. best options. You go out and get him. It gives everybody a little bit more mojo, not just the fans, the team. Those players will be excited. I mean, think about if you're Mike Evans. And from everything I've heard, Lefko... And it's not, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You can see this from watching the games. But from what I've heard behind the scenes is that the Mike Evans Jameis relationship is kind of like you don't do enough for me on both sides. Now, if you're Mike Evans, you have Tom Brady coming in. 
that means something to a young player. It, it gives you a life that you're, you know, Mike Evans has been good with Jameis. What can he be without Jameis and a little bit of that friction? I think that's something that's really exciting. But the humidity factor and just that weather, it's it's going to be something where it, Tom is going to have to get acclimated to it. I think if anyone can, in terms of a fitness and conditioning program, acclimating to new places, yes. uh, Tom will be able to do it. But it's just another obstacle there uh, that's going to be interesting. And I mean, but I think for him, the other allure, if we're talking about if you're talking about where you're playing, he gets a game in a dome in New Orleans. He gets a game in a dome in Atlanta. And then at the end of the year, it's nice and warm there uh, in Tampa Bay. Um, I- I'll say this too. I don't know if I'm happy for anybody more than I'm happy for Mike Evans. Mike Evans has gone in his career from playing with Johnny Manziel and helping him win the Heisman. And if you go back and watch those Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M highlights, you realize it's a whole lot of backfoot bombs that Evans jumps over three people yep. to going to Jameis Winston and in between having to carry Ryan Fitzpatrick and dealing with a quarterback that can't throw deep in Fitzpatrick to a quarterback that has all the talent in the world but doesn't have that accuracy. And now he gets to play with Tom Brady. Mike Evans is one of those guys where every year when we're talking about the top five wide receivers in the NFL, he just doesn't get mentioned. And there's a list of reasons. But then we hearken back to the block of Pac-Man Jones and how awe-inspiring that was. And the amount of times that you turn on red zone and Evans is just beasting people. He finally has a number two in Chris Godwin to take some of the pressure off and not relying on an Adam Humphreys. But he goes from Johnny Manziel to Jameis Winston to Tom Brady. I am so happy for Mike Evans. He deserves it. And I'm sure he right now is sitting in his quarantined home going, holy crap, I get to play with the GOAT. It's awesome. And for Brady, I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin should be two big reasons that he's even going to Tampa Bay. Because something we don't talk about right now, enough left go, is that there's a lot of work to be done on this offensive line for Tom Brady. They have some young players that have been improving, but they also have some holes. So I think some of the lure for Brady to go down there is, hey, I got two special weapons playing in an offensive system with a coach that I know we can maximize. That's not that's something he didn't have in New England this year. So I think it goes to show you just the power or the allure that a player like Mike Evans has at the wide wide, uh, wide receiver position that we overlook sometimes as fans just because the spotlight hasn't always been down there in Tampa. I think uh, the other things that uh, excite me, I've heard a lot of people saying that Tampa Bay's O-line coach Joe Gilbert is a really good one, but the minds that he's going to be down there with. So one, Bruce Arians. Two, Harold Goodwin, who's followed Bruce Arians damn near his entire career, and he I mean, he's the run game coordinator. He knows everything. Byron Leftwich, who Tom Brady competed against. And you know who's a special assistant, uh, offensive assistant? Antoine Randall-L. That's like, right. The guys that are around Tom Brady excite me, and I hope it excites him too. Um, so I put out on Instagram yesterday, at Adam Lefko. I don't know if I did this already. You can follow Connor Rogers on Twitter at Connor J. Rogers. What are you on Instagram? Connor James Rogers. Perfect. And David Ingber, I believe, is David Ingber1 on Twitter. Uh, I put up on IG, let's get some questions. I'm going to mix them in, and then we'll get back to some free agency news. Um, This is a question from Rod Simba, who's asked me this separately. Connor Rogers, you are on Stick to Football. How did the title Stick to Football come to be? 
So Miller always, well, this was like during the election time, Miller always used to tweet about politics nonstop and get like obviously a lot of enraged people and they would just constantly rapid fire response, stick to football, stick to football, stick to football. So like me and a couple of our buddies, our, our buddy Adam Heisler, who helps us at the Senior Bowl, we would just troll him and, and do it. We would say stick to football or, or make right. fun of it himself. And then we're like, let's just make the name of the show, like the uh, ironic part, stick to football. And we don't always have to talk about football. So it, it was one of those things where it was like a running joke. And we never honestly thought the podcast would be that serious at Bleacher That's Report. That's funny. And the name stuck. Um, all right. Here is one from not Connor Walsh. Who will regret Brady moving to Tampa first, Tom, Bill, or Giselle? I'm going to lead this one off, and I'm just going to add one other thing that I've been thinking about. I'm watching first take yesterday as the Tom Brady news comes down, and Stephen A. goes, I just got off the phone with Bob Kraft, and he's telling me he would have done anything to keep Tom. Uh, Then I turn on NFL Network, and Ian Rappaport's going, I just got off the phone with Bob Kraft. He would have done it. Everybody was on the phone with Bob. I mean, there were beat reporters in New England that were getting personal phone calls for Bob Kraft. And what what I'm sensing right now is Bob Kraft coming out there and being like, I would have done anything for Tom. Tom is coming out and saying, if they would have respected me, I would have come back. What it's telling me is if this was any other organization that doesn't have a coach GM, Tom Brady's coming back. What it's saying to me is Bill Bill Belichick went into Bob Kraft's office and usually it would go, who wants Tom back? And the owner would raise his hand and the GM would raise their hand and the coach wouldn't. They say, sorry, coach, you're overruled. He said over my dead body and they fire him because that's how much Bobby loves Tommy. But here the GM and the coach are the same person and they said no. And so for all the Patriots fans right now that are upset or saying that Bill Belichick, like Stephen A., Bill Belichick is the reason Tom Brady's not coming back, I would ask Patriots fans one question. Who do you want more, 43-year-old Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And the answer is Bill every time. This whole who matters more thing, it's Bill Belichick. The coach is more important than the quarterback. Bill Walsh did the same thing with Joe Montana and then won a Super Bowl a few years later with Steve Young. This is what it takes. And so for me, the thing that's kind of great, like Bob Kraft coming out here, like, no, 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 no. Bob, you could have fired Bill Belichick and kept Tom Brady if it meant that much to you. But you would answer me and go, Adam, that's dumb. And I would say exactly. So I would say the person that regrets it the most, it's probably going to be Giselle. Because I think she's going to go to Raymond Jane Stadium and she's going to go, wait, that's the VIP entrance? Remember all the stories that Sims used to tell us about how behind the ball Tampa Bay was in terms of their practice facilities and all that. There's part of me that thinks that Tom's going to go down there because he's clearly quarantined right now and hasn't seen their facilities at all. And he's going to go around and go, wait, this is the same place that got in trouble with all those other diseases a few years ago because nothing was set up and you guys were working in trailers. I think of everybody, it's going to be Giselle, then Tom, and Bill's going to go, I'm going to win with Jared Stidham or Andy Dalton, or Jameis Winston. I really hope the Patriots get Cam Newton. But of the three, who do you think regrets it first, Connor? I, I would go with Giselle because, number one, I don't think she'll, yeah. be, I don't think she'll go down to Tampa. I, just, I can't really see that. It'll just be one of those things where Tom plays there, and that's that when it comes down to it. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know the regret level Brady will have going there because I'm going to be honest, Lefko, he just didn't have options. I I mean, it was almost like this is the one that makes the most sense out of two 
options. So I put Bill last because even if New England does not have a good season, and I'm not saying that yet because right. they still have a lot of pieces, but we don't know what's going to happen with quarterback. The salary cap's a little tight for them right now. Bill is going to figure this thing out. I'm curious what he does in the draft. We've heard rumors that he's always wanted a mobile guy, maybe Jordan Love at 20, you know, 23 or whatever it is. That would be a very interesting pick for me to see him work with a guy that I'm not calling him Pat Mahomes, but people are like, if you're looking for a skill set, Jordan Love could do the things Mahomes does. I'm not there yet, but it's still interesting to me. Dude, we talked about this all the time. The Patriots are a team that have thought about moving up in a lot of the last few drafts. They were going to move up for Baker if he was available. You know, like one, I'd love if the Patriots signed Taysom Hill, but I could definitely see them trading up to maybe get a Herbert or a Love if they yep. fall, if Belichick loves that. Um, I got a question here, another one from Instagram. Uh, this is from Paul Kessler. Hey, guys, do you think the Niners will draft a wide receiver with the number 13 selection? This brings I, yeah. up some free agency news. Niners go out there and they trade uh De- was it DeForest Buckner yeah. uh to the Colts. Yep. And now they get the 13th pick in the draft. Uh so now they have two picks in the first round. They're missing a lot of picks in the later rounds. A lot of people talking about maybe they trade because look, if they're they're picking a what 31 also? Yes. We've seen end of the first round uh, draft picks get a lot of value. Remember the Eagles traded back to let the Ravens take Lamar Jackson, picked up a number of rounds with a 32nd pick. Yep. It always seems like people are, are dashing to get to that last pick of the first round to take a quarterback to get that fifth year. Now, I don't know if it's going to be as valuable this year, Connor, because with the new CBA, that fifth year is going to become guaranteed and not an option. But I do think there's value in the fifth year. Um, but how does this, how does that trade? trade impact the Niners who are kind of sitting there and they're going to make another run, hopefully in their mind in a Super Bowl. But how does this kind of impact everything that trade on the draft? So two things. Let's start with 31. 31 with with or without the fifth year option is going to be valuable to them to trade out because teams want that pick because if you don't get your guy at 31 and he falls to 33, you have a 24 hour period where teams make their plans of how to get up to get the same guy that you want. And that stresses G out that stresses teams out they want to just get the guy and move on to day two of the draft without the stress of that so 31 is really valuable number two it makes sense for the 49ers to trade it and i've heard they want to because they don't have a second third and fourth round pick left go so they need to move back and probably get a two and three create some depth they have some spots that they need to bulk up at they did a really nice job in free agency retaining a lot of their starters but they still have some pieces they need to add so let's go to 13 now 13 makes so much sense for wide receiver so when dave get was putting Odell out on the trade block. The team that wanted him the most and offered the most was Niners. the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan had, is obsessed with Odell Beckham for his offense. He offered him the most. Gettleman did not want to move Odell to the Niners for two reasons. He didn't want him within the conference, so he wouldn't trade him within the NFC, which is why he went to the Browns. Number two, this is how the mind of Gettleman works, and he was kind of right about this. He knew Odell would be so successful with Kyle Shanahan that the trade would make him look very, very bad. So no matter what, he would not move him to the 49ers. Jerry Judy is the guy in this draft because of his explosiveness and route running on film, not at the combine, on film, that gets compared to Odell Beckham or the style of Odell Beckham. I think Jerry Judy is going to be there at 13. I think the, I think the Niners are all over this wide receiver group at 13. If Kyle Shanahan has a one, two of Debo Samuels and Jerry Judy. It's money dynamite. 
dynamite. Not only that, think about how little money they're going to be spending on the wide receiver position for the next three years. None. None. And so it kind of counterbalances the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. The fact that they probably just got Jarek McKinnon on a really cheap deal. Maybe he ends up. You're really paying Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle's contract. That is where a lot of the money is going to go. But if you're not spending money on your top two receivers and they're Jerry Judy and Debo Samuel, the Niners offense is going to be super solid. And and even if it's not Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. Or Henry Ruggs. I mean, Ruggs is speed. And you think that one of those three guys will be there for the Niners at 13? I know one of them will be there okay. for the Niners. Yep, I think two of them will be there. Yeah. And I just put in, I know we love to tease the bets. I just put in a flyer bet. Uh, Ruggs' odds are so low on FanDuel of going first right now. I think it was like 700 that I put like 10 bucks. As the first wide receiver, you mean? Yeah, as the first wide receiver. I put a, I put a small bet on Ruggs being the first wide receiver because his odds are so much crappier than Judy's and Lamb's right now. And I think that's going to I love that. So Connor Rogers, who's been focusing on the draft the entire year, is seeing Henry Ruggs, the most explosive wide receiver in this draft, who tested off the charts and his film is crazy. And you're seeing him right now at 7-1 to one as being the first wide receiver taken. We have seen this in the past with John Ross. We have seen this in the past with somebody like a Darius Hayward Bay. We, we This happens a lot. So you're seeing value right now, throwing a little bit of money on rugs. I might do this. Yeah, that one. And then there was one other one. Uh, Cole Komet was even. So, you know, bet 10, win 10, bet 100, win 100 to be the first tight end off the board. Everything I've heard is that Cole Komet will be the first tight end off the board by like 15 or 20 picks. This tight end class is really, really bad. Uh, yeah. Komet, Komet is a good inline player. Wasn't supposed to declare because he's a Notre Dame baseball player. Surprised everyone because he he's wisely saw a bad tight end class. Said, hey, I could be the first good tight end him. taken. I'll put baseball on hold. And uh, so that was another, those are the two early bets I like because you know this as well as anyone. Lefko, you got to bet that you play the odds. Yes. And those are good. those move so rapidly with the draft because of nerds like me that attack those odds and then they start to even out. All right. Um, let's see what else we got here, uh, Mr. Connor Rogers. Uh, I just got one here. This is from Julian Rocha, 37. Is there an argument to be made that both Herbert and Love could be better pros than Tua Tungavailoa? There is on a ceiling and injury base I think when you look at it with Tua right now you have to understand that anything can happen that can unfortunately derail his career in a way we saw with Sam Bradford that's how really quick Connor yeah how big is the fact that Tua is not gonna be able to travel the country right now and do an extensive medical for all the top teams because of coronavirus how much could this impact where he goes in the draft in a month and a half it's colossal. Now, there'll be a team that takes the risk on him in the top 10, no matter what. But it's colossal for the teams, not as much for Tua, because obviously they get the combine medicals. But Tua's on a timeline right now where you're updating, right? You want that right. monthly update. The pro day doesn't matter because they film the pro day. It gets sent to every team. Okay. Um, you know, the, every team. Yeah, gets but the they want to push on that hip and they want to pull it, man. It, it's the visits that matter the most and the medical updates. So teams are almost driving blind. And I wouldn't be shocked. Miami has been following Justin Herbert. I, I've told you this before for yeah, a long for like time. Two years. If they're like, hey, Brian Flores and Chris Greer get together and they go, we love Tua. We love the player. But we also like Justin Herbert where the health risk is too big for us on Tua. We'll just sit there at five and take Herbert and not have to trade any of these picks. So I think that's something that people aren't looking into enough with Tua where 
the health concerns, now the updates are important, but also going forward and staying healthy is something that really matters as well. So the coronavirus has an effect on two different things right now for the draft. Two is medical updates and players that were not invited to the combine Mm. that teams want to bring in for visits for medical because you don't get to do their medicals if they're not invited to the combine. Those guys now are not getting the team visits. And I think there's probably a big chunk of players that... Uh, would have been drafted with good medicals that will not go drafted now, thanks to the To your point, I believe that the back end of the draft and the back end of free agency are the guys that are going to suffer the most, and teams could get steals. Right now, I think you see the flurry of the beginning of free agency. It's like this every year, but then it slowly trickles over the next few weeks. And a lot of the times, you're trying to sign that, you know, let's just say for the Eagles, Timmy Jernigan, and he was hurt a lot of last year. Could, as a team like the Eagles, get him back at a discount because the dude can't travel anywhere and he's just trying to sign a deal? Remember, people forget that NFL players don't get their regular money until the season starts. And a lot of them rely on those signing bonuses up front. And so right now, you don't got any money. You're in your house. Nobody's talking about you. I could see a lot of the back-end free agents going, you know what? I'm going to give my team a hometown discount because I need that guaranteed bonus right now. I didn't think about the back guys at the draft, which to me means that the teams that have the best scouting systems are going to win in a huge way. The teams that are relying on a lot of the buzz or I'm sure, Connor, there's a lot of teams that track what the good teams are bringing in. Like they're looking at the, oh, who are they bringing in? Oh, let's put them on our list. I'm sure that impacts you guys too. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You're always looking for, hey, if a guy that didn't get a combine invite but had is visiting the Ravens or the Patriots, maybe we should put them on our list. And had 20 invites trickle after that. It, it right. matters. It bumps people up. It gives you a read on, you know, who's being valued more in this draft than not. Um, I think also, um, What's interesting to me, or I have a, this is what I want to, I want to go to this Instagram question. Clayton.skoog. Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, K- Christian Kirk, Kenyon Drake. Do the Cardinals have the best offense in the NFL, in the NFC West with Kingsbury Collin? Number one, the same reaction that I had to people putting OJ Howard on the list is how I feel about putting Larry Fitzgerald on the Cardinals list. And Christian Kirk. And I, I kind of wanted to ask you about him. Larry Fitzgerald has been a shell of himself for two years, two years. And and the fact that we're throwing him in there, man, if we want to talk about the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is going to spend his year, the beginning of his years, playing with Andre Johnson and then with Larry Fitzgerald, that's an amazing story. If we're going to talk about the fact that DeAndre Hopkins has mentored and helped bring along Deshaun Watson and now going to, to mix along Kyler Murray, incredible. He is going to have stories for days. But Larry Fitzgerald and where he is right now is not a top wide receiver. Christian Kirk had a few games last year, mainly the Tampa Bay game, where he went off. But other than that, it was very, very quiet. And as I said on Monday's pod, DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that needs other people to stretch. Do you think Kirk can develop now in his third year to be in that guy opposite DeAndre Hopkins? Because I don't think Larry Fitzgerald is that guy. I'm torn on that. I'm actually more curious to see Andy Isabella's fit in this offense because of the vertical aspect that it brings. And Demir Bird. Yes. When When you look at how those guys can win vertically, 
Look at the Texans offense, right? Hopkins, all the things he could do. But when Will Fuller was healthy in that offense, it made a gigantic difference for everything. Watson can move. Kyler can move. Watson can throw the ball down the field. Kyler can throw the ball down the field. Now you have, there's a lot of similarities there, Lefko, where you put Hopkins in and then you want Isabella as the deep threat, where to me, Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are almost like the, you know, we hope we get a lot out of those guys, but I don't know how much we're going to bet on them this year. Uh, this is a story that's kind of developing right now. Apparently, Michael Irvin went on television and said Bill O'Brien offended DeAndre Hopkins by saying that, uh, I guess, comparing him to Aaron Hernandez and saying that he's got too much baby mama drama. And this is apparently partially of why DeAndre Hopkins is like, why I need to get out of here. Man. To see the Stefan Diggs trade and to see all of the draft picks that the Vikings got back. And to see the Texans trade and to see how little they got back and to think about Jadavian Clowney, DeAndre Hopkins, all of these former Texans players leaving angrily, Tyron Matthew. I mean, I've already gone off about this, Connor, but are you, are you I mean, have you always been anti Bill O'Brien like I have? I mean, yeah, he's going to ruin Deshaun Watson's career. So when it how comes do you down feel to it, for I, Deshaun right now? Awful. I mean, this is somebody that was my favorite quarterback that year over Mahomes, over Trubisky. And you look at it and they've done everything wrong. Almost Laramie Tunzel, the trade made sense to me at a time where you need a franchise left tackle to protect Watson. But what you're just taking parts out of the car right now for no return. It makes no sense. They have no GM. They've operated like a clown show without a GM. This is what happens when a coach is making has full autonomy I mean, it's it's literally embarrassing. And if the Texans don't do something about this soon, not only will they ruin their franchise quarterback, this is the kind of thing that could set a franchise back three to four years. Um. All right, let's talk a little bit of draft. I'm going to let the questions kind of go for now. Of all the free agency moves yesterday, which of them made you look at your mocks and your first round and go, oh, that's completely different now, and I'm going to have to reevaluate this section of the first round? I think the Raiders adding up at linebacker was Corey Littleton. Yeah, because with 12 and 19, you often go wide receiver, linebacker, or linebacker, wide receiver. If Isaiah Simmons falls to 12, you take him. I think they'd still do something like that. There's a chance Isaiah Simmons could fall to 12? Yeah, I think so. I think, but I thought this was the biggest defensive freak that we've seen the last few years. Yeah, but people just don't value linebacker safeties the same way. And I'm not saying he will fall to 12, but I'm just saying it's not like completely written out that, you know, there's going to be a run on the tackles. There's going to be a little run on quarterbacks and Chase Young and Jeff Akuda. And then you're trying to pitch it. And I think Simmons, the landing spots really are Giants, Panthers, Jacksonville, and then Raiders. But now with the Raiders, the ads at linebacker. I think they're really going to look at corner very heavily in the draft. I think they're still looking at wide receiver, although once again, the teams that I've heard with Robbie Anderson, or at least we're looking at him before free agency, was the Raiders, the Eagles, the Jets want him back. So the Robbie Anderson domino will be interesting to me as well. Um, Yeah, it's, you know, that's the team that really it changes. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, What about a team team with, with Carolina? 
Cam Newton's on the trade block, and they've done a lot of moves this year that I know they go and they sign Tenny, who I feel like they're going to use as the stopgap guy, but it feels like they've been tearing down their team to rebuild. Gerald McCoy goes to the Dallas Cowboys. They lose Vernon Butler, who goes to Buffalo. Uh, they trade uh, Trey Turner, yep. who in my mind was a much better offensive lineman, and get back Russell Okun, yeah. whose contract is up soon. So I don't know. Is this a team now that you go, maybe they're going to want to draft a rookie quarterback to bring in with Matt Rule and bring along? Does this did their their putting Cam Newton on the trade block change what you thought about them in the draft? I think they're going to look at a quarterback class next year. I think they like Teddy for the next two years. I think they like him this year. I think they'll like him next year, maybe with a rookie, uh, not this year's rookie class. I think they're going to look at the draft this year and look at the offensive linemen. You're always thinking two years ahead. They're in a good spot to take a tackle. Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Makai Becton, and Andrew Thomas. Isaiah Simmons, if they want a freak show for their defense, which I think they'll definitely look to do. And God forbid a guy like Jeff Akuda falls, which he should not. So yes. I don't. I actually don't have the Panthers looking at quarterbacks right now. Uh, your thoughts on Philip Rivers going to the Colts for one year, twenty five million? Not about the salary. What are your thoughts on Philip Rivers and a team that everyone thought could have made a run in a Super Bowl last year? What do you think about his fit there? I think from a fit standpoint, he might be a little bit of an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett because of how he fits in with the coaching staff, just what they're building there in Indianapolis. They'll make a lot of key picks in the draft. Even after trading that first rounder, Lefko, they still have two twos. So they could jump into the first round and get a wide receiver. They could sit in the second round, take a wide receiver and something else. I like the I like the addition of Rivers because I think this will rejuvenate him a little bit. Uh, now, if this pushes them over the edge, I don't know. I think the division is kind of tearing itself apart. Jacksonville's rebuilding. The Texans have been driving down the wrong side of the highway. And then the Titans, you know, were they a flash in the pan? I, I know that's insane to say, but they lose Jack Conklin. Is Ryan Tannehill going to be as good next year? Uh, we're going to see. I like what the Titans are building, but the doors open where I understand the Colts saying, let's go for it this year right now and then reassess next year. Um, I look at Phillip Rivers and I see a guy that um, loves history. I think he's a guy also that it's he's always intertwined with the Manning family. And now he's going to the home that Peyton built. I saw a story yesterday that every time Philip Rivers played in Lucas Oil, when he would come off, when he'd be done warming up, he'd yell to the crowd, Hickory, because he loved the movie Hoosiers, and he loved something about Indiana. I think it's funny, a guy with 11 kids never felt San Diego, LA to me. He's always felt indie, just like who he is as a person. Um, I think that... I think it's going to be very good for him and his lack of arm strength to be in a dome. Yes. Um, I think that this is a, an offensive coordinator that he's been around before. I think we've seen that Frank Reich loves heavy personnels with a lot of play action. And that's the kind of offense that I think Philip Rivers can survive in. I think he's going to have a great relationship with Jack Doyle. Um, I look at some of the running backs they have there and look, man. They can still get a lot out of those pass-catching running backs. Jordan Willis, Naheem Hines. I love Marlon um, Mack. And Marlon Mack, I mean, look, he had, before he started getting banged up last year, Marlon Mack was looking like a top-five running back in the NFL. He's going to have the O-line. The question is, can he reach T.Y. Hilton? Because, mm. man, when he's doing that shot-put throw, it doesn't look good. But I, what I like about um, going from Jacoby Brissett to Philip Rivers is Jacoby Brissett is the guy that's going to look at everybody and go, we're going to be okay. 
He was your, I can't believe Andrew Luck is gone, but I'm your guy. And there's a quiet confidence. Nothing's quiet about Phillip Rivers. No. This Indianapolis team was in every every game last year. And, and I really think that sometimes they were missing that fight. I'm also happy that we get to see Phillip Rivers with one minute left, maybe throw an interception or maybe throwing a touchdown. But I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I don't have too high of hopes because I don't think Phillip Rivers has that much left in the tank. But I think he's going to make the Colts a hell of a lot of fun to watch. I think so, too. And I think they have a feeling there right now where they're going to win it. Frank Reich has good energy. Phillip Rivers has good energy. Uh, got to spend time with Marlon Mack down in Miami at Super Bowl week. He's just like... Not only the most humble guy, but also level-headed, where you feel like you have a group there on offense that there's no me guys. And I know that you know, people are like, oh, well, you got, you know, you can't have choir boys to win a Super Bowl. But the Colts have a really good group there where it feels like team chemistry will matter for that group. You got Costanzo back. You have a good offensive line. Uh, now you have the pass rush up front. I, one thing that's not being talked about enough is adding a guy like Defoe in the middle elevates Justin Houston, a healthy Kimoko Ture on the outside. That can make a really, really big difference for those edge guys. So the Colts, they got the right thing going. They're slowly, steadily building. But I think they're a team, when they come out of the draft, we write it all down on paper left go and go, damn, this looks pretty good. This looks like a team that I believe in winning the division this year. All right, so the one part of free agency that is about to happen that I think people forget about every year are trades. And typically it is trades with players that are going to be free agents next year. Eagles got Ronald Darby in this kind of situation. Uh, we just saw what happened with DeAndre Hopkins. So when you take the guys, Connor, I'm going to just say some names. You stop me when you hear one that you think is possible. Non-franchise tag guys. Because we know that, you know, we've heard the rumors that Anthony Harris got tagged by the Vikings. Maybe he's going to be traded. Do you think that somebody like Darius Slay could still be moved? I think he'll be traded. Any idea where you think he could end up? Oh, I think the teams that lose out on the corner market, I think the Raiders would be interesting to make a call there. The problem I've right now... I've heard the Eagles for a while. The Eagles, without a doubt, have to be in consideration because the Dolphins gave Byron Jones all that money. The Giants gave James Bradbury all that money. The Eagles and the Raiders are the two teams. The Redskins as well. Those are the three teams. The Jets a little bit. Those are the four teams that really yes. wanted corners in this free agency class. So they're kind of on the outside looking in. So the Eagles... Eagles makes a lot of sense. Everybody's trying to gauge what does Slay want in a contract demand as he gets closer to 30 before they offer the Lions really good compensation. And Matt Patricia, I mean, he shipped out good players for less. So if Darius Slay brings back a third round pick because of the contract demands, do not be surprised. All right. I have uh, four wide receivers. I'm going to list them out. Tell me if you think any of these guys could be traded as they are entering the final year of their contract this upcoming season. T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Both of those guys on the Chargers. Mm -hmm. Mike Maybe. Williams, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton entering the final year of their deal. You think any of those guys could get moved? Maybe Mike Williams. Maybe. I, I think, you know, when you look at how good Keenan Allen's been and how consistent, I think they, they would like him there. That wouldn't shock either. The Chargers, too, are the most likely of the bunch. I, I think the first two years. Right. They missed out on Tom Brady, and now they're losing Phillip Rivers. If it's Tyrod Taylor, I mean, do you start looking at a Keenan Allen or a Mike Williams and go, we need to get assets elsewhere? Yeah, that's exactly what you do. And I think Anthony Lynn understands that. So I think the Chargers... Because Hunter Henry is going to be a free block. agent next year, too, when he gets off the franchise tag. 
Yeah, you got to start moving some money around at the skill position spot and maybe reinvest some of that draft capital back into the draft with a strong wide receiver class. Here's the problem, Lefko, as we saw with Hopkins. Not with Diggs, but we saw with Hopkins. The trade for wide receiver market is not hot right now because teams of the draft. are dying looking at this draft. Yeah, that's what the, the trade for these wide receivers might happen after the draft when everyone goes, wow, it's so deep, and they're sitting there at 24 and they get none of them. Yep. That's the, so that's uh, the Bills thinking. Right. They Yeah, the Bills did not think they would get who they wanted, and they're like, we're good. We'll trade our first-round pick for a guy that we know is a very good player. Um, in ter- you know, I was just thinking about my guy Austin Hooper. Man, did he lock out because he is in such a bad tight end year of free agency and draft. It worked out perfectly for him. It really did. He Which gets, is why I understand the Browns going $11 million a year for Austin Hooper, a team that wants to do a lot of heavy formations. They had to get him where they might get nobody. Yeah, and it's a perfect, it's a good fit for him. I mean, Baker Mayfield working the middle of the field, working the seam, he's going to look at Austin. Austin Hooper's production should not drop off going there. So if he's a guy that cares about still getting the ball, not just getting paid, that's a landing spot that gives you both. Do you believe that Jamal Adams gets a new contract before his is up after this year? Uh, I do. I think that the owner has made that very, very apparent that that needs to get done. Um, I'm just looking around at some other guys to see if anybody really jumps out to me. Taysom Hill's a free agent after this year. Jalen Ramsey is going to be a free agent after this year, but I doubt they give up on that. And we're still waiting to see if Patrick Mahomes gets a monster, monster deal. He will. Yeah, Mahomes will get that monster deal. There's no concerns about that. I think you wait, let Dak get paid, and then Mahomes blows it out of the water. All right, so let me just ask really quick. We're going to start wrapping up. Um, what is what is really catching your attention right now when it comes to the draft? Um, and, and not just in terms of like coronavirus and how it's going to impact everything, but what are the big storylines right now that you're kind of paying attention to? Every team is trying to gauge how the tackles fall because you have okay. – you have the Bucks that are sitting there. They want to tackle. You have the Jets sitting there. They want to tackle. They're a little bit on the outside looking in going, are we going to miss out on this run when you have the Giants at four? You have the Panthers and the Chargers in there. Uh, you never know what Jacksonville is going to do. You have the Browns in there. Arizona, I think, is going to take a tackle now that they got DeAndre Hopkins in a trade, something I didn't talk about earlier before. Arizona, right. will, be, Arizona will be all over this O-line class. I think the Chargers... And Arizona feel very, very safe bets for O-line. The Browns, so at six the Browns, and eight, Chargers in Arizona, you think definitely O-line. And I think the Browns at 10 as well. So gotcha. that leaves So the one Jets guy. are sitting there. And how many, how many upper echelon tackles do you have listed on your, on I your think, list? I think you prefer four in the top 12, but Josh Jones is the fifth guy that I do like a lot as well. It is interesting because it's the mix of, so you're going to have three or four offensive linemen tackles you're gonna have three quarterbacks would you say going maybe in the top 10 yeah it'll be uh burrow Tua, and herbert so those are the kind of the main chess pieces and that's how maybe an akuda falls that's how maybe a simmons falls that's how the wide receivers are falling to san francisco at 13 yep that's exactly right because you got chase young in the mix of that as well gotcha so you're still feeling just to do our weekly connor rogers draft check Burrow to one to Cincinnati, Chase Young two to Washington, maybe a Cuda three to Detroit if there's no trades. Yeah, if they did anything else, it would be really insane. 
If Akuda were to fall to the Giants at four, do you think they take him or do you think they just allocated all that money to Bradbury and they'd rather go O-line or uh, D-line? I think they'd go O-line, D-line. Okay. Get them in so then, stubborn. you know, if you're Detroit, you're kind of looking at this and going, maybe we trade back a few because we could still get Akuda. Oh, yeah. Because is that what you see? That's you got to. You have to. But do you because they're probably not going to take a Cuda in Miami now that they've spent all the money on Byron Jones? No, they've all they have the most expensive corner duo in football, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. They will not take Jeff Akuda. Chargers don't need a corner at six. They probably would. They need to go tackle, even if they, they sign, would have they to go tackle. Bilaga, Carolina tackle, yeah. Arizona tackle, unless Arizona is preparing for life after Patrick Peterson. Arizona would be very much in contention for Akuda and Simmons, the two top defenders. Would it ever make sense in your mind to trade up for Akuda? Usually trading up is just for, I feel like, tackles and quarterbacks. I would go up and get Akuda if I was a handful of teams, man. A handful of teams when you look at it on the outside. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if I was the Niners, I know they. I don't think they would do this. I would offer 13 and 31 to come up for Akuda. <sighs> I, you have the end of Richard Sherman's career and a shutdown young corner on each side. You, and you you're in back the Jimmy Super Bowl Ward. window. You're in it. Uh, this is go. Put the foot on the gas. I know. Here's how I look at it, Lefko. I know Kyle Shanahan could get the most out of middle tier wide receivers where you don't have to take. It's fun to take Judy and those guys. Yeah. But man, if you have a Cuda in that Robert Sala defense. To that point, though, a lot of talk has been trade 31 or trade 13 and acquire a lot of other picks because you don't have a lot of picks right now. Yep. Would you rather send both of them for a CUDA or send one of them for a bunch of other picks and try and add depth to this team? Yeah, that would, my, the latter would be my plan. A. Okay. If, you, if you feel like you can move 31, then you do it and get more picks and you take the wide receiver at 13. And you look at it, you know, is Akuda really going to fall where they'd even have an opportunity to trade up? That's just kind of one of those, like, uh, shot-in-the-dark kind of things. Um, we see – I just want to go over some of the other big free agency moves before we kind of go on. Um, the uh, Amari Cooper goes back to Dallas. Byron Jones goes to Miami. Um Cowboys, I feel like, completely got raided. Uh, Jeff Heath, Malik Collins, Jason Witten. Uh, it's just a very different team that we're going to see. Um, going forward, who are the names in free agency that I think are still big to you that you're waiting to see where they end up? Anybody in particular? We need the Jadavion Clowney domino to fall so Dante Fowler can sign. Two big pass rushers on the market. Those are the two guys right now that you got to keep an eye on. Jameis Winston, I mean, is he going to have a starting job? It doesn't Andy look Dalton, like yeah. it. It does not look like it. And Robbie Anderson, those are the, the big four for me right now because you have a good skill guy that can win deep in Robbie. You have two really good pass rushers in Clowney and Fowler, and you just have the Jameis thing that is just mesmerizing, to be honest with you. Last question. Connor Rogers, who is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears next season? Oh, man. Right? It's wow. tough. It is really hard. I hope it's not. I Nick would Foles say the odds on Dalton. favorite is Mitchell Trubisky. And who would you put as options two and three right now? I would put uh, Andy Dalton. Okay. And there have Cam been rumors about Andy Dalton. There were a lot of rumors of Teddy, but now he's on Carolina. And Cam Newton. Cam Newton. So you would say the top three right now are Trubisky, Dalton, and Cam Newton. No Jameis Winston. 
No Jameis I don't Winston. see Jameis going there. No, no, no. Uh, Cam, I think they'll take a look if he gets cut, and I think he will. Wow. All right, so it's either Trubisky, Dalton, or Cam. Who's going to be your pick starting for the Bears next season? Let's have some fun. Let's say Cam Newton. Let's have some fun. Let's say Cam Newton. I would love to see Cam Newton there. Who wouldn't? A healthy Cam Newton is great for football. A good Chicago Bears team is really fun for football. I, I would love it. Nagy's offense is at his best when he has a quarterback that can be a little bit mobile. We'll see if Cam Newton's willing to kind of get out there and stretch it. That offensive line, it's a little scary to me. Losing Kyle Long, taking a step back. Still got Allen Robinson, still got some speed. I My biggest issue is I got questions about Trubisky and Nagy, um, but I'm going to say at the end of the year, at the end of the free agency, it's still Trubisky, mainly because I think Ryan Pace is trying to continue to, to go, come on, man, I need you to get one good year and take all this. I was GM of the year, and now everyone's attacking me. I think he's going, I need one year at Trubisky. Man, he's walking the plank if that's his plan. I know. All right, Connor, you are the man. Connor, do you have any final thing to say to the people? Uh, not much. Just, you know, stay inside. Please, let's get through this as fast as we can. So Lefko and I could be back in our studio and give you guys some good content. Man, I'll tell you, NFL free agency has really helped. Not only, I think, like Huge. all the fans, but just me, you, uh, getting through this. And I have to say, it makes me really look forward to when uh, we'll be six feet apart, but we're sitting together doing the NFL draft. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to be prepping like an MF over the next few weeks. Hell yeah, uh, Ingber, if you can unmute, I don't know if you can, but if you want to try and give a final uh, goodbye, uh, that would be awesome. Ingber? I hear some... Oh! I hear somebody typing. And I hear a child. Hey! Yeah! All right. Do you have a, a for David Ingber? <laughs> oh, my God. Just don't forget that if you've got a word that is stressed on the first syllable it's a noun and the second syllable it's a verb so you've got a permit versus permit you've got record record versus record wow and that's why david ingber is here thank you so much you know what let's find them on twitter at david ingber one left go i have one more thing okay do you know on this is a fun fact if you miss interacting with people on zoom meetings you can change your background to anything you want when you're on video calls with your friends. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. I did oh, I saw you were doing a happy hour. With did a happy Jake hour last Eugenie. night, and you could just make your background whatever you want it to be, any image offline. So if you miss human interaction, give that a whirl. Love it. Connor, thank you much, so much for thank joining us. Thank you to, to Nick and Matt uh, and Mark and everybody back there at, at, in their respective apartments helping make sure this all happens. And to Jake for editing all this stuff. Uh, we are all in our homes. We are all trying to be safe. Guys, don't be a hero. I'm a little bit worried for Friday. It's supposed to be 74 in New York. I know a lot of people are going to want out and do stupid stuff. Guys, as I said before, let's take this as a way to practice discipline. Let's eat healthy. Let's find ways to work out in your apartment let's do this get done this and get back to normal um because right now that's all all of us want i love you guys a lot 33 percent, you are the shit be safe love you peace out lefkoe oh that was awful lefkoe man out peace